the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed in the program are not necessarily those of this radio station or its sponsors and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. You should always consult the appropriate advisor before making any financial decision. All rights reserved. Now, AM 1220 KNEW presents... New Focus on Wealth with Certified Financial Planner, Chad Burton, drawing from his 20-year background in finance and investing to help you make sense of your money matters. New Focus on Wealth. Get a new focus on personal finance, wealth management, Wall Street, and the economy. Now your host for New Focus on Wealth, Chad Burton. All right, futures up this morning on uh, February 9th. Give us some the podcast. And... Um, Day yesterday, we had a bit of a small cap and cyclical bump. So if we start, just kind of a quick update for the year, we look at the main indexes and then I'll look at some sectors because, you know, everything's about asset allocation, right? And that comes in a couple of different forms. You have asset allocation in terms of stocks, bonds, cash, alternatives like real estate and commodities. And then within each area, you've got large cap stocks mid-cap stocks, and small-cap stocks. Now, what are those? I haven't talked about that in a while. If you're a publicly traded company and you're considered a small-cap stock, if a, if a person or another entity had $300 million to $2 billion, they could buy all of your shares and essentially own your entire company. Right? So that's what a small-cap is. It's, it's If a company, its total value is $2 billion or under, it's small-cap. If you're $2 billion to $10 billion in total value as a company, you're considered a mid-cap company. And then large cap, it'd be $10 billion and above. And then you got the S&P 500, which is an index of the largest 500 companies in America. Right Now, then you've got, so, so within asset allocation, you've got large cap, small cap, mid cap. And that's true with, with everywhere, whether it's in the U.S., uh, international developed or emerging markets. So you've got the international developed, you got emerging markets, you got bonds, you got commodities, you got real estate. And then within, you know, if we go deeper into asset allocation, there's different styles. There's growth investors, there's value investors, or there's funds or indexes that are a blend of all of it. Right. So that's, that's kind of a quick reminder of what some of these are. If we look at most of these asset classes, or, and then we get into sectors, right? Those are, I'll talk about that in a minute. But in terms of, the overall markets that we all look at all the time. The S&P 500, which is a market cap weighted index, so you got a ton of money up there in Microsoft and Apple and, and those large names. It's become more tech lately than ever because tech companies are the largest companies in America. But most of these indexes are now out of correction territory. A correction is uh, uh, a high, from the recent highs, it's down 10% or more. Now, if we look at, I'm just going to look at year to date because like something like the NASDAQ is still in correction territory from its most recent highs, but let's look at year to date returns. S&P 500 right now is down 5%, right? 
Emerging market index, if we just look at EEM as a you know placeholder for that, that's an ETF that invests in emerging markets. Now, last year that area struggled because of China, up 0.37%. If we look at the QQQ, which is representation of the NASDAQ, which has many of the same companies in the S&P 500, it's slightly more tech-weighted, uh, is down 9.73% for the year. iShares Russell 2000 ETF, IWM, if you look at that ETF, which represents the iShares Russell 2000, which is small and mid-cap, that's down 8.85%. And if you look at EFA, which is the MSCI EFA uh, index representation, it's down 2.66%. So international so far, outperforming the U.S. Um, and then I guess we could look at the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which is not a very good representation of the overall economy. Um, what are we down on, on that for the year? 2.34%. Um, it's only 30 stocks. But, you know, again, S&P 500, the Dow, and the NASDAQ, you hear about them on the news all the time, but they, they share the same, many of the same stocks. It's just different ways to, to put it together. Now, let's look at a couple of sectors, and I'm going to go from the best sector to the worst sector because there's, there's basically 11 sectors in the S&P 500. For example, you could look at um, the energy sector. And if you look at the spiders, to look at many of these, like XLE, that's a way to invest in a bunch of oil companies or the energy sector at once, up 23% for the year on the oil rally. XLF, which is a financial sector, up 443 um, and then you get in, you start getting into negative territories. The consumer staples, XLP is down one. Um, and then you've got the industrial sector, XLI is down 4.4. XLU, which is utilities, that tends to be pretty interest rate sensitive. Interest rates going up. XLU is down 4.4. Uh, healthcare struggling this year. XLV is down 5.5%. Materials sector, XLB is down seven. Look at technology XLK, and that's, of course, thanks to, you know, Facebook's had a rough year, obviously, down 7.69. Um, XLY down 8.72. IW, uh, and then the XLC, communication services, is down 10%. Um, and so, actually, I always have to remind even myself now on the communication services what companies are really involved in that because you can kind of look at a tech-oriented ETF like XLK and think that, that, oh, that's the technology sector, the S&P 500. But if you look at XLC, which is communication services, you've got 17% of that's in Facebook, 12% in Google uh, with the L, which is you know one of the alphabets. 11.33 is Goog, which is the other alphabet, right? And then you got T-Mobile, Verizon, Activision, Blizzard, AT&T, which has been awful right lately. And, and those of you listening, I know that I talked about dividend-paying stocks and those people that hunt for yield mm-hmm. and how AT&T um, was basically financial engineering to try to keep that yield so high. So you got to be aware of those stocks. You don't just invest in stocks when they have a giant dividend. You got to look at payout ratios and other things like that. So why do I go over some of these things? Well, you know, if I've got cash to put to work for myself or for other people and I got to look at their entire portfolio and see what are they missing, I want to buy first the stuff that is in correction mode, right? 
what most people do, and we're going to talk a lot about 401ks today. Most people will look in their 401ks and look at funds that have had the best returns over the last one, three, and five years. And they dump all of their money into that area. Where again, and you know, I feel like I've been doing radio since 1999. So maybe I talk about this too much or maybe you're new to it. There's something that you can look up online called the Callan, C-A-L-L-A-N, Periodic Table of Investments. And what it does is it ranks the best performing asset class year over year and their returns. So on the top, it's, it's, you know, the, the year that you're looking at. And then as you go down uh, from top to bottom, it's going to show you what was the best performing asset class that year. And, and then all the way down to the worst. And they do it in the form of a color chart so that you can clearly see that a color slash asset class will be one of the best places to be for a three to sometimes five year period. And then often it's one of the worst places to be for a year or two as it settles down, as it resets, as it corrects. Because there's always this late to the party investor mentality. We saw this with all of the meme stocks that as soon as it got super popular and everybody jumped in, that's when you had you know companies like GameStop and all, all these things just falling apart. And you've seen it over and over again with different types of cryptocurrency, like the ones with the dogs on it. It's, you just have to be careful. And so I like to look for stuff that goes on sale first that has great 10 plus year performance, but is on sale now. We'll take a, take a quick break. We'll be right back. We're going to talk all about 401k rollovers, when to do it, and when not to do it. Um, let's talk about 401k rollovers. And so this first section, I'm going to talk about 401k rollovers if you are retiring or you are retired, because there's really two different angles that we can take here. And this also applies to your 403b. So if you're a teacher or a nurse and you have a 403b, that's, that's really still the similar same thing as a 401k. It's just kind of a, a different code. But in terms of what happens in the end, same issues apply. Now, what are the pros of taking your 401k and rolling it over to a four, uh, an, an IRA when you retire? One of the biggest things is that consolidate. Get, get all your IRAs into one account. Because if you have a brokerage firm like Fidelity or Schwab, pretty much everything that you can buy anywhere, you can consolidate it as it is. So you could take, if you've got you know, an IRA at TD and Fidelity and you know, all these different places, you can consolidate it all together in one IRA. And that way you can keep an eye on your asset allocation. And most of the brokerage firms out there offer, you know, no transaction fee, mutual funds, ETFs. Most places allow you to trade ETFs for free. It allows you to keep an eye on everything all in one place. And you're like, well, my 401k has done really well. I've got great funds in there. You're going to be able to find the same funds in an IRA. And oftentimes it's actually with less fees. There's something called a 404A5 participant fee disclosure form that you can ask for. You're supposed to be sent this form every year. And when a company has a 401k plan, yeah, there's the funds inside that are usually pretty low cost, but there's typically other fees that either the employer pays for or it comes right out of your account. You, you, unless you really, really look or ask for that disclosure, you don't see it. 
especially if you have a 401k that's run by an insurance company. That's when you know that you're typically having higher fees. And so oftentimes you're able to roll that 401k to an IRA and have the same funds and in some cases less fees. You're really going to be happy that you've done this by the time you hit 72. At the age of 72, you are forced to pull money out of your IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, even if you don't want to. And the only way to avoid taxation on that is by giving up to 100 grand of the, that IRA account to charity. Now, if you have 20 different IRA accounts, the way that you figure out what your RMD is, your required minimum distribution each year, is that you have to add up all of your uh, previous year-end balances and divide it by a value that the IRS publishes. It's, it's basically your life expectancy. And if you had a bunch of different, you could have a hundred different IRAs. If you added up all the values and determine what your required minimum distribution is, you could take it out of any account that you want. But as soon as you have a 401k or a 403b, you have to take an RMD out of every one of those accounts. So if you're a person that retires and you got three previous employer 401ks, you got to take three required minimum distributions plus minimum distributions from any IRAs. The older you get, the harder that is to manage and calculate and make sure you have it done. And our required minimum distributions are very serious deal, people. If you're 72 and you add up all of your IRAs and the IRS says you got to take out $26,000 this year, if you forget to do it, the penalty is 50% and then you still have to do it anyway. So if you forget to do it, they could charge you up to 13 grand in penalties. It's a very serious deal. The other thing is, too, is that if people are retiring, and that's when a lot of times, just prior to retirement or in retirement, that's when people get really serious about using a financial advisor. A couple things. If you're going to use a financial advisor, if they say they sell annuities for a commission, run for the hills. That's not an advisor. That's a salesman. If you're trying to find a financial advisor that's a fiduciary, fee-only, certified financial planner, I mean, here's, here's the deal. You're often going to get a better rate if they're managing larger amounts. So that's another reason that you might want to consolidate so that you can actually get help on all aspects of your retirement plan. So, you know, for example, if we're dealing with clients that are $2 million and above, not only are we doing the investments, the overall comprehensive financial planning with advice on taxes, insurance, retirement planning, estate planning, investing. We're also completing the estate plan, the will, the trust, power of attorney, healthcare directive, and also tax returns. It's an all-encompassing fee. So that, that might be a reason too. Now, another reason to roll your 401k to an IRA at retirement, if you have company stock that as you were working and you're contributing to your 401k and they gave you company stock like Lockheed Martin inside your 401k. Once you retire and completely separate from service and do a 100% you know, rollover of your 401k to an IRA, you can actually take that company stock and put it right into a normal brokerage account. And that means it's in your name only, joint with your spouse or a trust account. You can take that company stock and not put it in an IRA. You can put it in a normal brokerage account that you can get at anytime you want. What happens is, is that you pay taxes on the basis of that stock. What the value was when the company put it into your 401k. And all of the rest of that growth stays tax deferred until you sell it. And when you do, it's taxed at capital gains rate, which for most people is lower than ordinary income. 
So it can be a large tax advantage in certain situations to do that NUA, net unrealized appreciation, when you do an IRA or a 401k to IRA rollover. So big consideration if you have company stock in your 401k. Another reason is, how about if you funded a Roth 401k? In a Roth 401k, you have to take required minimum distributions. If you roll that Roth 401k to a Roth IRA at retirement, you do not have to take required minimum distributions. You could leave it the rest of your life, your spouse's life, and up to 10 years for your kids, growing totally tax-free. So if you're you know, 59 and a half and older, and you're retired and you're wanting income, it's kind of a no-brainer to roll your 401ks into an IRA, consolidate everything, and start your income stream. Because over 59 and a half, there's no penalties on an IRA for taking money out early. There is one issue. If you separate from service over the age of 55, you might need to leave the money in the 401k for a few years. Because most plans, if you're 55 and older, when you separate from service um, and essentially you're deemed retired and, and out of the company, most plans at 55 and above, 401k plans allow you to take money out without that 10% penalty. So that's one issue that you would leave the 401k alone is that that's your primary source of income for an early retirement. So as you can see, most of the time, if you're retiring or you're pretty close to retirement, it's typically a good idea to roll over all your old 401ks into an IRA. And it's different though. It's a little bit different if you're still working. Say hello to a pass that gives you endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. You might call it the suitcases always packed pass or the wait. I get to choose from 100,000 trips pass. The will it be the beach, city, mountains, or all three pass. Or you could just call it what we call it, the Inspirado Pass. Endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. Learn more at inspiradopass.com. Talking about 401k rollovers. This is such a serious issue. Both the SEC and the Department of Labor got involved in this. There are too many people out there that call themselves financial advisors. And every single time you leave your company, they will always tell you to roll your 401k to an IRA because they want to sell you an annuity or loaded mutual funds and basically make a big fat commission. Um, and your, your best interests are not always being looked after. If you work with a certified financial planner that is fee-only fiduciary, they have to tell you your options. And so we are going over reasons to not reason to roll your 401k to an IRA at retirement and reasons not to. A big one is if you retire early and you're 55 and you need income from that 401k, you're 55 and you totally separate from service 55 or after, most 401k plans allow you to take the income from it without paying the 10% penalty. In an IRA, the 10% penalty is in place until you're 59 and a half. So that's one issue. Um, To finish up the talk about if you are retiring um, or you retired and you have old 401ks, the only fund that's hard to replace in a 401k, because you can often get the same funds, the same rate, or often cheaper, if you roll your 401k to an IRA, the only fund that's hard to replace in a 401k is a stable value fund. I've been talking about this a lot lately because hey, the bond market is negative for the year so far. The interest rates are going up and you can look at a duration of a bond fund and see how sensitive it is to interest rates. And if the fund manager, this is why I do not like index bond funds, 
if, if the fund manager is, has not already raised cash to meet redemptions, they can see a declining net asset value. And so while I still own, and my clients still own bond funds, we're very light on them. And oftentimes I'll look in the 401k for a stable value fund. A stable value fund invests in high quality government and corporate bonds, short term and intermediate term. They're, they're not much different from any bond fund except that they're insured. An insurance company or bank is contractually obligated to protect the fund's investors from any loss of capital or interest. So in a 401k, you can often get the same income level as a conservative core bond fund that's you know, got a lot of AAA rated plus government bonds in it without that fear of loss of principal, as, you know, which is kind of a scary thing. You're going into retirement. You've seen the market go up and up. You've seen bonds go and stocks go up at the same time for many years until last year. And then all of a sudden you're seeing a decline in both your stocks and bonds as you go into retirement. You're like, what the heck? What, what do I do? That's, that's a scary thing. So stable value funds is a bond alternative or a place to store your safe money that I always talk about. It gets great in a 401k. Now, once you do retire and you want to roll your 401k to an IRA, there are some options to replace it. It's not quite as liquid though, because typically in order to replace and get the same rate, there are some five-year no commission fixed annuities with high rated insurance companies that are in the two and a half to five, uh, two and a half to three and a half percent range in terms of locked in interest, but they're five years long. And you can take out 10% a year, but there's still a length of time that you're trying to tie up your money. And there's also some what I call performance-triggered index fixed annuity options that are no commission, no load uh, options where essentially if the S&P 500 goes above 0% at all, you get a trigger and you get somewhere between a 45 to 5% rate return. And on a negative year, you just get zero. So there are some options to replace it, but that is one of the things to consider when you're rolling a 401k to an IRA is how much are you using that stable value fund? And can you replace it? About big fees and locking up your money for a long period of time. All right, so let's move on to, let's talk about the other side of this. Let's, let's talk about people in their 20s, 30s, 40s. They have a 401k from a previous employer. We've got this great resignation. So we got people changing jobs left and right insane. And so we're, we're finding you know, 30 and 40-year-olds with seven plans that they've funded over the last couple year period of time. You know, we, we tend to see millennials switch jobs every two years. So 401k is all over the place. If you are still working and still building wealth, that, that question of rolling a 401k to an IRA is much tougher. And again, I have a flowchart that can help you make this decision. If you change a job and you're still working, still building wealth, you have a couple options. You can leave it. Now, keep in mind that if you have less than $5,000 in a plan, typically, eventually they're going to send you a letter and either make you take a distribution to an IRA or shove it into an IRA for you without your choice. So if it's a small balance, you you might get forced into a decision. So if you change jobs, you can either leave it you can roll that 401k to an IRA or you can roll it into your new employer's 401k plan, which is typically a good bet unless it's a terrible plan. I see this once in a while where you've got a smaller company and smaller companies, you know, they want to get a 401k plan in place for their employees. 
And the first place that'll take them is typically like an insurance company where they got a group annuity contract. And it looks like a great investment inside, but there's high fees. So when you go to your new employer, it's one thing to look at the mutual fund choices inside the 401k. Hey, those are pretty good. But then what are the other fees that get pulled out of your account? There's a form that you're supposed to get every year called a 404A5 Participant Fee Disclosure. That's where you can find out what are the fees over and above the normal mutual fund fees inside my 401k plan. And do I, so am I paying those 401k administration fees or is my employer paying that for me? So if your new plan is really low cost and good investments inside of it, it's kind of nice to roll your old 401ks into the new 401k so you can keep an eye on everything in one place. If your old plan and your new plan are both horrible in terms of fees, then that's when you consider rolling it to an IRA. However, as soon as you do that, if you're a high income earner and you are not able to fund a Roth IRA directly because you make too much money, rolling your old 401k into an IRA could screw up your ability to do what's called a backdoor Roth IRA. So since that's a whole deal in itself, if you make too much money to fund a Roth IRA, people are able to do a backdoor Roth IRA where you fund an IRA. It's a non-deductible contribution. You file an 8606 form with your tax return, and then you turn around and convert that right away into a Roth. And as long as you don't have any other IRAs, it's a tax-free situation, and boom, you just end up with a Roth. Stupid amount of paperwork that we have to do to get around government regulations, but it's completely legal as of right now. Biden tried to kill it um, with the tax proposal, but that's dead. That is dead and gone. So you can still do it. Um, but that's one big consideration is if you're a high income earner and you're doing the backdoor Roth IRA, that's a big reason to keep your 401k, roll it over into the new company's 401k. So that, that's, that's a big, that's on this, this, this flow chart on what to do with your 401k plan that I could email. If you shoot me an email, chat at chadburton.com. But yeah, you got to look at the fee structure. If both the old plan and the new 401k plan that you're working for are awful in terms of fees, then that's when you're like, okay, I better roll it to an IRA. Now, again, this is such an issue that, I mean, there's a ton of regulation that's taken a while to implement, but there's people that work for what's called broker dealers that do a mix of, you know, fee style planning, but also commissions. And so, you know, they, the, the Department of Labor and the SEC is after that. They're, they're, they're saying that, there's so many instances in America where people retire or change jobs that the salesperson is getting them to roll their 401k, which are in really low cost funds, into a variable annuity that has, oh, well, it's going to guarantee a certain amount of income at retirement and a certain amount of growth. So people are like, oh, yeah, well, that's, that sounds great. You know, I can stay invested, but have some sort of a guaranteed income. Well, the commission-based products that are out there that do it have internal fees of like 3.5%. And the only way that the insurance company is ever going to kick in and have to fork over any money for a guarantee on most of those variable annuities is if you last into your 90s and the stock market has a 20-year period of crappy returns. Very, very unlikely. And so for a 40-year-old to roll their money into an annuity is stupid. It's absolutely ridiculous. 
And it's gotten so bad. And there's been so many people that have cost themselves one and a half, two and a half, three percent a year in extra fees that the Department of Labor and the SEC are after it. So if you go see a financial advisor, so-called financial advisor, quote unquote, and they talk about how great an annuity is, just just get up and walk out. They just say, I've got got to go, you know. I don't know what excuse you can come up with, but just, just leave. It's a waste of your time, right? So just want to push that out there again. And I know this because I grew up in the industry. I started in this business 28 years ago at the age of 19 by working with my grandfather as I was going to college. And he essentially walked out of what was then Washington Mutual because the banks were getting taken over so much. He didn't have any pension anymore. He didn't have any reason to stay. He got tired of looking up at the sign on how to you know, answer the phone. Um, he seriously had to look up at the sign because the bank changed so much during the tail end of the savings and loan crisis that, you know, hey, this is Bob Finch from Cross and Savings. No, he'd have to look up at the sign because, oh, now Cross and Savings is now Washington Mutual. So he finally just took a box of statements and left. And I have helped him set up his office and I happened to get licensed. I uh, had to my freshman, after my freshman year of college. And I fell in love with the business, but I, I was a, I was majoring in engineering and math. So I was very analytical when it came to the numbers. And these products didn't make sense. And the tax law had changed to where annuities weren't as attractive anymore because capital gains taxes went way down. And I'm like, I love the financial planning world. I hate sales. Sorry, Grandpa, I'm I'm changing my business structure to fee only. And luckily, I figured that out at a very young age. All right, talking about 401k rollovers, if you are still working, if you are still working... It's often, if you're still working and you're a high income earner that cannot directly fund a Roth IRA because you make too much money, it's often better to roll your old 401ks into your current employer 401ks instead of an IRA. Now, again, before you do it, you got to check the 404A5 participant fee disclosure to make sure that your new 401k isn't a piece of garbage. Uh, But it's often easier to consolidate. And the again, annuity salespeople always tell you to roll it to an IRA so they can put you in annuity, and you've they already told you to run for the hills on that one. If you your current your your new four hundred one k, you might be a little bit afraid that the the fund choices are a little too limited, right? It's like four hundred one k plans went from here's almost too many choices, and it made people like I, I don't know what to do. To they limited the number of choices. Like the Cisco four hundred one k plan, in my opinion, is way too limited. Um, but in most large company plans like Cisco, Apple, Microsoft, or whatever it may be, you typically have the ability to do what's called a brokerage link account. And a brokerage link account allows you, if your 401k plan is managed by Fidelity or Schwab or TD, or sometimes even other plans offer brokerage accounts at Fidelity, Schwab, or TD, it's essentially like an extra fund choice inside your 401k that you can go buy other stocks, ETFs, mutual funds, and things like that. And then even advisors like us at EP Wealth can tie into that account and actively manage it for you in our favorite stocks, ETFs, funds, things like that. So if you're looking at your new 401k saying, well, those those, those choices are too limited, I don't like it. There might be a brokerage link account option. Now, if you're leaving an employer and you've got other 401ks too from past employers and you're going to be self-employed, you can open up an individual 401k plan. And 
if, if they're under $250,000, if your individual 401k plan is under $250,000, you don't even have to file a tax form. If it's over that, there's a 5,500 form that needs to be filed. But these things are free to set up at Fidelity and Schwab. And I wouldn't recommend TD Ameritrade because they're not doing the Roth 401k version of it anymore. After uh, that goes over to Schwab, same thing. So probably Fidelity be the best place to, be, to do that. Um, so if you're self-employed, learn about that individual 401k, that they're really good tools. Also, if you're still working, you're still building wealth and you go to a new employer and you got old 401k plans and you might need a loan, another reason to roll it into your new 401k. It's interesting. You can look this up. Forbes did an article on reasons not to roll your 401k into an IRA. Um, this was a couple of years ago, but they did 12, 12 reasons not to why you want to keep it in your 401k, either your current 401k or the 401k with your new employer. They name one, stable value funds are not available in most IRAs. That's correct. Now, there's other options that we talked about. They warn people, IRA advisors may not be fiduciaries. Fiduciaries are required to act in your best interest. The way that planners like us work that are fee-only fiduciaries is oftentimes there's not one right answer with money. It's often, here's three good choices. And maybe you're a married couple and we discuss it all together. I may say, this is what I would do if I were you, but here's the other choices. And we make the choice and go in the direction that makes everybody feel the most comfortable. When you're not a fiduciary, it's like you're just selling a product to make a commission and it's not in anybody's best interest except your own. Now, this is interesting because according to the Center for Retirement Research, the average return in an IRA for a 12-year period at, at ending up the study was 2.2%, where the average return in a 401k for the same period was 3.1%. So that was during a, you know, the, the Great Recession. But the, the point is, is that it was a 41% higher return when people left their money in the 401k and left it alone and weren't trying to actively trade it on their own. Just like Fidelity Magellan study that Rob always talks about where the fund itself did great, but the average investor had terrible returns because they tried to go all in and all out where it's almost just better to continue to contribute and you know, have a mix of large cap, small cap, mid cap, international and not mess with it too much and just continue trip contributing. That's a better way to invest and try to do stuff on your own. And a lot of that also had to do with people rolling it into a very expensive insurance products as an IRA like annuities. So they, they say, you know, watch out for higher fees. Um, the average 401k plan used to limit options too for IRAs, but you know, there's a lot of robo advisors out there that are free for the first 10 grand. So that's not really as much of an issue anymore. Um, a couple of other things like, you know, transaction fees in certain IRAs to buy certain funds. Again, that's, you know, Schwab, ETF, Schwab, Fidelity. I mean, there's no charges anymore to buy ETFs, exchange-traded funds. And that's a better way to go anyway. And so you can do a lot of that stuff for free. But again, if you're, you know, here's the steps that you have to take. If you decide that you do want to roll over a 401k to an IRA, first, determine your sources. Call up the 800 number and say, how much do I have in pre-tax money in my 401k? How much do I have in Roth? How much do I have in after-tax contributions? You'll be surprised that a lot of times people have that. And then how much do I have of employer stock that qualifies for NUA that I talked about at the beginning of the show? Because when you, before you roll over your 401k, 
at retirement, you might need to open three accounts. You might need to open up an IRA, a regular one, to take the pre-tax money. You might need to open up a Roth IRA, which will receive both your Roth contributions, but also any after-tax contributions you may, may have made. And you may need to open up a normal brokerage account to receive the NUA shares that I talked about at the beginning of the show. So oftentimes a 401k, you have to get the IRA accounts set up first and then the brokerage account for the normal, for the NUA distribution. And then you call the company and do I need a form to do this rollover or do I do it online? Like Fidelity, most of the time we'll do this, you can do it online. But a lot of insurance company 401ks, like, you know, they, they require you to fill out the form. So step one, figure out who you want to work with. Is it yourself as an advisor? Step two, open up, up to the three accounts that I mentioned. Step three, call and facilitate the rollover either with the phone call or the form. That needs to be filled out. Kind of a lot that goes into it. That's why you might need some help. You can find me. You need some help at chadburton.com. Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, podcast links. They're all at chadburton.com. Have a great day. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.